0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. The Japanese Pension Investment Fund is a huge amount of money that the Japanese government invests annually. It's gone through some changes recently, and this might cause the Abe administration some real headaches. Michael, you're following this issue
1: too. This is really starting to smell like bad fish. We have to first frame it. Okay, the GPIF, the Government Pension Investment Fund, is the money that the government invests, well, through professional managers, on behalf of the people. It's the money that is used to pay off the pension obligations of the nation. The Japanese
0: government is acting kind of like an investment bank, taking the money that's coming in, it invests it, it takes a
1: return from that, and then it pays the pension funds. And traditionally it's been invested in very either political or very conservative ways. And one has to wonder how this decision that was made to change the way it invests how in what way it was politically motivated, in what way it was motivated by the influence of ideas coming from outside Japan. But anyway, they decided that rather than what they had done in the past, which was to invest in Japan, which was... Low-yield, relatively uh, secure investment funds. Absolutely secure. They, invested 60% of the money in Japanese government bonds, JGBs, which are guaranteed by the government. You would have to overthrow the government for them to become worthless. That's been the major part. A few years back, they were investing a lot through the post office, through its uh, system, and it would put money into infrastructure in Japan. Money Mm -hmm. that was supposed to come back in some way. And and certainly that aspect of its investment system was not healthy. What they decided, or this current administration decided, was to reduce the investment portfolio holdings of Japanese government bonds and in return invest in stocks, in equities, Equities. both domestic and internationally. Mm -hmm. Now, there is a set portfolio percentage now for each of those things. What actual stocks they're buying, of course, is entirely secret, which it would have to be because if the, anybody knew in advance what stocks they are going to buy, they would the prices they and, would right. expect the prices. And that's why even though we're past the end of the fiscal year and it's anyone with a computer knows exactly what their portfolio is worth at any time. The GPIF is going to delay and has traditionally delayed its declaration of its value into July. Right. Now, it, now that's fine. You know, you you can do that. And it, maybe there are certain aspects of things that you particularly historical developments that you have to look into before you can declare the value of a particular asset. Right. Fine.
0: Well, they closed the books, and typically we can anticipate that those, uh, the, the financial report of this last year
1: will be released probably in May, June. Well, actually, they've actually traditionally released it in the first week of July, which is what the controversy is. Mm-hmm. The Abe administration has stated that it will not be having the GPIF declaration until July the 29th. Now July the 29th is passed any date at which they can legally hold the House of counsellors election right The traditional date is July the 10th that's the date when the government is everyone saying that's when the Abe administration is going to have this upcoming that ha- will be the day House of, of councillors cons- election, election. Right. right And wouldn't it be terrible for the government if a few days prior to that they declared, okay, this is what the, your portfolio of your pensions is worth. Mm-hmm. Because everyone looking at the international markets, the way they've behaved over the years, is declaring that there's going to be a loss. A loss, look, they're looking at 5.5 trillion yen is, is the estimate that the GPIF will be declaring mm-hmm. a, a, a loss. Now, the GPIF cannot declare losses. It's, it's in a situation in terms of Japan in retirees where it has to make money because we are now incepting into the pension system people who are in their 70s. Well, that's the, the baby boom generation. It's the biggest generation of Japan, mm-hmm. and they are now making claims on the, on the pension system. If the pension system is losing money at that time, we are in a, a really, really difficult situation. Well, when I pay into a pension system, isn't that somewhat
0: guaranteed? I mean, when I retire with my wife and I, I move up to Yamagata, don't i have
1: uh, some security in knowing that the government check will be coming every month absolutely not that, that there's absolutely no guarantee that that's happening at all and in fact while pensions may be fully funded right now healthcare isn't mm-hmm. so that the national healthcare system actually dips into the assets of the government in order to pay off the healthcare bill not to uh, the government actually is selling buildings land In order to make up the shortfall. Again, this is only the beginning of the huge wave of retirees that are the baby boom generation. They are going to be a huge burden on the system, and because they're not paying into it anymore. They're going to be taking money out. You cannot lose money at this time, which is unfortunately what they've done. We've talked obliquely about GPIF on other episodes
0: of Tokyo on Fire, and we were anticipating probably around this time, it's, it's April 7th today, that the GPIF results would be coming out and that was on our radar, we were looking forward to it, and then all of a sudden they decided to move it past, past whenever the election might come, actually when the results of the election would already have been announced, to come up with what we anticipate now because of this this shell game, probably
1: bad news. I've got to ask you, Michael, whose idea was this? The thing is, heres I don't know whose idea it was, but this this hiatus between when we actually know uh, how much they've lost and the announcement, this sev- several months period, it was fraught with danger from the beginning for the Abe administration. Sure. sure, Because anyone with a decent sense of market moves, and, and there are some very, very smart people with PhDs whose entire lives depend on figuring out what other people are investing in, mm-hmm they can look at the moves of the market and figure out, okay, this is approximately the portfolio that the GPIF is pursuing. They're going to put out estimates, and they of course have. And it, that has been taken by the media, plastered on the front page. It's on the front page. The opposition asks the the members of the the cabinet. What's going on? Why aren't you telling us? We know that the world equity markets have fallen through the floor, Mm -hmm. and yet you're going to try to put off the declaration until after the the days that we can have a House of Counselors election. What's the problem? Exactly. I mean, you can smell that there's something that's that's missing here. I mean, Well, it doesn't even have to be, it's just a gift to the opposition so that they can just absolutely rail on and and, and just absolutely unload on the administration, which is something that, I don't know, you've said to me in in private, maybe it's a lesser of two evils. What do you mean? Well, the lesser of two evils is either they wait until after the election and they take the
0: heat that you're, you're holding it, you're withholding it, you're not telling the public about the loss, Or they announce it now and they give them even a better gift that we mismanaged these pension funds and this is why we're in such a mess. Please vote for us. Yeah, that
1: would be hard. That would be hard, right? (laughs) I'll have to defer. And so in terms of the GPIF, it's something we'd like to look at, but the government's not letting us. Mm -hmm. And that's not the only thing the government's not letting us look at right now.
0: Okay, well, what else is is going on
1: under the the carpet here? Well, we're going to talk about TPP and we're going to talk about... What the government has shown us regarding TPP, but at any rate, they went heavily from
0: investing in bonds. Sixty percent of the portfolio to equities. It's kind of a roller coaster, and at a time when the market was really, you know, not a. Oh, the market was great when they did it. So they bought at the top of the market. Yes, that's really not a great strategy. It's not, it's, is it? it's not good if you want to to make money. No, that's right. Okay, <laughs> so I'm I'm just wondering,
1: you know. Who's, whose brainchild was this? I mean, which era was this? Well, the thing is, you, there, there's always this concept in finance that equities are risky, yes, but they pay up more. Mm-hmm. And JGBs, as we know, are virtually have no interest payments attached to them. What, the, what you're paying for is basically the value of the bond. But fine, if that, that's which is what you want to do, it. If you want to put more risk into the portfolio in order to get higher returns, Mm -hmm. that's great. Uh, But the risk is there. And unfortunately, it's hitting them precisely in the first year that they're trying something. If it were a few years later, okay, fine. But they made the change last year in the port and they, they surreptitiously bought into the market so that the market itself is under the surface actually been propped up so the, by GPIF b- borrowing and uh, by buying and other pension funds mimicking the GPIF in mm-hmm. its in its purchases so we've actually had it, even in this down market it's been inflated by GPIF buying sure so that was
0: the boost in the economy that we felt when abe announced his first set of arrows i but, mean, but the, the, no because
1: in this case this was even much worse than that because this was all done after that boost came up. That flew up so that the prices of, of, of shares were already very high. Artificially. Artificially. They bought at the top of the market. The market started to go down. And they have been actually propping up the market. The market would be in a much worse state if there had not been this shift in the portfolio, mm-hmm. the GPIF, and all the pension funds mimicking it, that is the extraordinary story that's coming next year. Okay. So when all of this comes out on maybe July the 29th, it's only the
0: beginning. Sure. I have two questions to ask. When people talk about billions and trillions of yens or dollars, it's hard for me to kind of conceive what that actually means. How large is this amount and, and how, how much are people reliant on the pension funds to be spit out every month for them to you know, make ends meet?
1: In terms of the, the first question, this is an event sort of half the size of the Great Recession of 2008-2009, which of course was a two times in a century event that was only matched by the Great Depression. Right. So when you're, when you're halfway to the Great Depression, you've, you've really messed up. Mm -hmm. In terms of the impact on the individual voter, which is what Mr. Abe is really concerned about, it varies. Here in Tokyo, the pension fund money is not a big deal. We have a relatively youthful population, we have high incomes, so that if there's a fall in pension income, it doesn't impact very much. Only 8% of income in Tokyo, the metropolitan area, is pension money sure? Because when you retire, you're going to move out into Chiba or out into your, your, the homeland. Well, it, it, there's just there's plenty of money here. But when you're out, not just Chiba, we're talking way out. Let's take Shimane yeah, Prefecture, right. all those the areas on the periphery, then pension money becomes a major proportion of economic activity. Mm-hmm. In Shimane Prefecture, it's 25% of all income and 30% of all consumption is paid for just out of pension money. Mm-hmm. When pensions are in danger there, the, po- the pol- politics becomes very volatile for the LDP. Mm-hmm. Because the last time Abe lost an election, which was in 2007 it was over the lost pension records the 50 million lost pension records if mm-hmm. there's lost pension money it's his nightmare once again oh. so it's abe nightmare two okay
0: typically though i mean smart investors people who sh- who are watching this sort of thing they have a lot of money you know that they're managing the pension funds that are spit out are those the is that as a consequence of revenue that is generated as a result of the investments or is that the the corpus, is that the actual money that was put in and then you have to
1: sell it out to, to um, make those payments? The pension money that's been invested is the entire portfolio of money that has been paid into the system. And of course there are, mo- there are monthly payouts to retirees, but those are only going to increase with time. The pie has to get bigger. It simply must because there are so many people who are going to be drawing on pensions. You're going to be drawing on your pension. I'm going to be drawing on my pension. It's not guaranteed. And the thing is, when you look at people in their thirties and twenties, the number, the percentage of them who are not paying into the system because they, they sense know. they sense or know, in their own words, that they'd never get their money back, mm-hmm. is astonishing and startling. So that we we're It's being whittled away at both ends. Mm -hmm. The young aren't paying into it and the old are taking more of it. So a pension fund loss is an electoral catastrophe in the making.
0: Thank you very much, Michael. Keep your eye on GPIF. The results of this investment fund are expected to come out after the upper house election. But before then, you can expect a lot of fireworks, a lot of opposition towards the prime minister on the release of this data. Welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Okinawa is the southernmost prefecture of Japan and on the far western side is a small island called Yonaguni. Recently, the Japanese have turned on a radar switch and that has caused a lot of concern with the Chinese. Michael, we're both watching this. There was a big flare-up and the Chinese are really
1: wagging their finger. It's very strange. I mean, the Chinese are actually building islands in the South China Sea to create a fait accompli, a situation which defines this is Chinese territory because we have islands now. Right. Uh, it used to be water, but it used to be water. Here we have an actual island, and all that the the self defense forces have done is turn on a radar that faces outward, uh, because until then, Yonaguni, the westernmost island of the Japanese chain, had defending it two policemen. And ten bullets. Who knows how many bullets? But but two policemen defending the border, and that was of course. There's the the coast guard is is around there, but there's no coast guard base. In order to put some force of some kind, they have put a force of a few hundred persons running a special radar system. Mm -hmm. Now. For some reason the Chinese government sees this as hypocrisy yes. that Japan criticizes us for our actions in the South China Sea. This City. shows that the Japanese are on a war footing. Yes, of course. Uh, and the thing is, it's in an atmosphere. It, the security legislation went online mm-hmm. this last uh, last week and at that point we have a confluence of events. That security legislation is controversial within Japan. and. That's due to its, its constitutional basis, whether it has been put in place in a manner that is coherent with constitutional practice. That's what the problem is mm-hmm. here. But of course, from the external perspective, there is this question of whether Japan is pacifist or not. That's a separate issue than what has happened on Yonaguni, where SDF forces have simply established a listening post. Mm-hmm. And for the Chinese to suddenly say, oh, this is, this is a terrible militarization, they're saying, yes, it's close to our island of Taiwan, mm-hmm. which the Taiwanese may have something to say about, and it's also close to the Senkakus. Yes, of course it's close to the Senkakus. Anything in Okinawa is can be construed as being sent close to the Senkakus. Right. So, the whole narrative is just completely overblown.
0: Sure, this is Japanese territory. There is no dispute about that. The Japanese are practicing what any normal country might do—putting in- a
1: base on its own territory. Who would have thought? Well, it's not really even a base. It's just a listening post, isn't it? Well, there, there—you know—there are people who are going to be there. Before there was no one there except for policemen. Okay, well, maybe fifteen hundred people who inhabit the but island as, as, well. as a whole. Yeah, right. there's the, the citizens there, and they had their own internal the, yonaguni is an, is a community that had its own internal debate about whether or not it would accept this base mm-hmm. and they came to the conclusion yes we will and they worked out with the central government an arrangement about how these sdf would fit into the community no problem right and it has and no one protesting in front of the prime minister's residence up, over the security legislation none of them have anything wrong to say about Yonaguni. So why are we talking about this
0: on Tokyo on Fire? Isn't this just an example of the Chinese sable-rattling and trying to scare
1: you know the Japanese into being a little bit more pliant? Well, it has to do with the fact that we're seeing also the effects in Japan of the U.S. presidential election, particularly the statements by Donald Trump mm-hmm. regarding the security relationship that the United States has both with Japan and South Korea. His statements that the two countries are getting a free ride. That the United States should no longer support this the specific relationships that it has with both countries. That they have to take up their own defense, even to, in, up to and including having nuclear weapons of their own. This kind of rhetoric is something that Mr. Abe has to deal with, and he dealt with it mm-hmm. this week. Yes, he was in Washington D.C. with the uh,
0: Prime Minister, the President of the United States, and the President of South Korea, and they they
1: were all there for the nuclear summit, but he also this week had a very long conversation with the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. and they, he, he put forth what was unsurprisingly a very strong case for the Japan-US relationship, for the Japan-US security treaty, and also for his security legislation as good for the United States. Mm-hmm. And the Yonaguni deployment is a demonstration of Japan's participation in that arrangement and its participation in its own defense, and that is the, the the environment in which it's it's being played out. Which is why the Chinese response to it seems, again, it's just actually helping make yes. that relationship. Right more relevant. If the Chinese can get upset about Japanese taking responsibility of their own defense and say you are sable-rattling and you are threatening the the, the, uh, security of the region, okay, well then maybe we really need the Americans nearby because the the Chinese are just acting
0: weird. Yeah, well not only that, but Kind of welcome to the party. I mean, this is, we are on a path to increase this cooperation for the Japanese to take on more of the burden, to diminish the, the reliance on the United States for Japan to be its own nation as the prime minister
1: is trying to craft. Yeah, and, and if this is purely for Chinese domestic politics, maybe. okay, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But if there is any doubt within the Chinese mind that the, that Japan, under Mr. Abe, is not going to defend its territory, mm-hmm. well, they'd better get a be- different idea. And certainly, putting the listening post and its radar capacities on Yonaguni does indicate that Japan is going to draw the line in the Senkakus, right. that there is no question that Japan is emphasizing Its Okinawa front and de-emphasizing its front up north with the Northern Territories in Russia as compared to its historical bias which has been toward looking toward first the USSR Mm -hmm. and then toward Russia. No, we're switching our assets and we're moving ourselves to be physically present on Okinawan islands all the way right up to the border of China. One could say, and actually one could sense that
0: this escalation has been, I mean since the Chinese have been dumping tons of sand onto the the reefs and creating these artificial
1: islands. In the South China Sea, we have to be careful, because we're talking about the East China Sea. They've been working in terms of their claims in the South China Sea. The East China Sea claims have been relatively quiet. Of course Chinese coast guard vessels are constantly infringing the territorial waters of Japan around the Senkakus mm-hmm. and there are still disputes about gas development in the East China Sea in the northern areas where there are where there's a no clear agreement where the line of demarcation of the two econ- the exclusive economic zones up there but it's quiet things are really moving and loud and involving a lot of moving of sand and, and, and equipment and now aircraft can now land on landing strips. That place is, going, is getting very loud. It's still quiet up here, but Japan is nevertheless being getting prepared. Mm-hmm.
0: Yonaguni, the westernmost island of Okinawa, switched on the radar listening post and this has caused a big turmoil with Japan-Chinese relations. We will continue to watch this. Welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. The Trans-Pacific Partnership, TPP, is now on the docket. Since Tuesday, it has been in committee meetings. Michael, TPP. This idea, I think it came up uh, originally maybe eight years ago, a success was launched, and then the United States glommed onto it.
1: Well, a few of the small Pacific nations put together an absolutely, what they wanted was an absolutely clean, modern 21st century trade Agreement and economic partnership. A region, a regional. Yeah, and, and those four were the the core. But now we have twelve countries, including the United States and Japan, who are put, trying to put together a block. Let's face it, an economic block of about forty percent of the world's GDP, uh, which will become a trade area. Right. And this will be in contrast to a trade area centered around China, which China has been trying to develop. And that trade area excludes the United States, and TPP excludes China right now. So it's it's a tit for tat, and in this case, the United States and, and Japan have pushed the accelerator to move on this as quickly as possible in order to basically head off the Chinese effort to put together its own basic sphere of influence mm-hmm. in, in the Asia Pacific region. That is has led to the fact that. Everything's being negotiated in secret, right? in order so that there is not the effect of outside influence, outside interests. Whittling pro- down, taking things that I don't like, Jerry, that, that sort of thing. That has all been excluded and everything's been negotiated in secret. Of course, people have participated in it, In, in at least there are special interests in the United States, particul- particularly the pharmaceutical industry, which has clearly been pushing certain aspects of the The IP extension. Now All these different kinds of interest groups pushing in from the outside, but that the the actual content of the negotiations has been in secret. Mm -hmm. And that came out brutally during the debate this week on the introduction of the bills on TPP when the opposition asked for documentation.
0: They asked for documentation and they asked for uh, the appearance of Mr Ahmadi who was the minister in charge of TPP
1: who was removed from office and they want him to answer questions as well No he resigned he was he he did Mr Abe a favor but nevertheless he's supposedly no longer on that job so he doesn't have to speak And he's well, also on sick leave Oh and he's also on sick leave but be that as it may the opposition wants to hear about it and they want to know what he said Well in trying to know what they said they they asked for the transcripts of, of of conversations. Well wouldn't you think that in a polite society, I mean, would they would provide the documents? Ah yes, they did provide the documents, and they were astonishingly bad for the for the government in that almost everything except the title of the, the document would be blacked out. When, where, who, what. It's all just a mass of black. These are thousands of pages. And and doesn't that make for great political advertising, great political imagery? Here this is what the government says, showed us and it's just a, a field
0: of black. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we watch this all the time and we watch the jousting that goes on, but this is really a call to arms. This is, you know, this is uh, passive resistance. You
1: want the documents? Sure, here are the documents. And it's it's a meaningless gesture. Well, the thing is, if, it, if there were a DPJ government in power, they would have done exactly the same thing. And that's the government's argument, in that we In these kinds of negotiations, there has to be confidentiality. Mm -hmm. True. Uh, It doesn't, however, play in very well with the narrative that has evolved around the Abe administration, that they are obsessed with secrecy and suppressing the people's right to know, Mm -hmm. especially if that involves the press. So that this just feeds into the general narrative, the general sense that this administration doesn't want us to know because they're doing things that are nefarious and they are trying to hide what they're doing and we, the people, are losing our, our, our beautiful country.
0: We're here from the government, we're here to help you. Uh, in this case, we're here
1: from the government and we can't tell you what we're doing.
0: Well, I think that's one of the most upsetting things about TPP worldwide. I mean, worldwide, I mean with the United States and, and Canada as well. Yeah. But the the Prime Minister went to the United States, he met with the, the President of the United States, and. Obviously, TPP was talked about, but the situation in the United States with regards
1: to TPP and the situation here in Tokyo is very, very different. Well, the fact is that the the opposition introduced TPP. It was under Prime Minister Khan of the DPJ that this entire process really got going in Japan. He saw TPP as the third opening after the arrival of the black ships under Commander Perry. uh, after the occupation this was going to be the third opening of japan because this this new partnership would open up japan to competition open the logjam and it would would set would would cre- result in a flood of creativity innovation and the abandonment of bad business practices mm-hmm. most of which are to the benefit of the ldp and its clients in Industry and in agriculture, and the the weird thing has been watching the opposition switch sides, right? In terms of that, in terms of the debate that we've had this this week, uh, the opposition, both not communist and non-communist, have been pounding on the administration for the abandonment of Japanese agriculture. That under the TPP, under the liberalization of agricultural trade that Japan, Japan, Japanese farmers and Japanese agriculture are going to be completely wiped out. Now, that's probably true, <laughs> <laughs> and, but there are many, many countermeasures that the government has already put into play, and the government can say, we've done this and this and this. But in terms of rhetoric, this idea that suddenly it's the communists and the opposition which are protecting mm-hmm. Japan's farmers, when it's supposedly the, the job of the LDP has been an interesting switch of, of uh, roles. We are in a diet session that will end when the upper house election is called, probably around July. It's, it's, probably, going to ha- it's probably going to end in June. The uh, general, general sense is that there's not going to be any extensions That'll be the exactly the 150 days, and they're going to get the TPP vote in by that 150 day mark. Now that's going to be really interesting because, as we've noted in previous broadcasts, what we have is a brand new minister who has to discuss things, having himself not not been at these blacked out mm-hmm. sessions, that he he can't. That's up. That's also one of the more interesting possibilities, that everything's blacked out because then he doesn't have anything to answer for. The documents are blacked out. Mr.
0: Amadi is unavailable. Strangely. His second-in-command is now the ambassador to uh, Great Britain. And so he is kind of unavailable. They have 40 hours in the lower house for committee discussion. The Speaker of the House has set that up.
1: They will make a vote it's, it's, for and it's on, on a lot of bills. It's not just one bill. It's a whole slew oh, it's of huge. Things. It's right. a huge slew of things that have to be changed, and the the, uh, the possibility of things going wrong is tremendous. Right. So you're right. They probably are trying to do minimize the capacity of the opposition to get any traction mm-hmm. on these bills. It's just going to be passed secretly. And I think that the administration is fairly confident that even though it has been attacking the farmers, both through the reforms of NOKIO, the abandonment of the gentan uh, payments for not growing rice, that has been eliminated, the, that this has been generally an anti-agriculture administration. Sure. That nevertheless, even though the the structure of the districts would make agriculture extremely important in the peripheral prefectures. Nevertheless, they think they've got enough of their own machine on board that they don't even have to worry about this TPP issue.
0: Maybe, maybe not, but the crux of the issue is is that if they don't pass TPP in this session before they close down for the upper house election, they have to start all over with the new administration, with a a new set of uh, upper house, well half of the upper house, member city they'll
1: have a whole new set of things here domestically and they they will be in a great deal of i don't know you'd call it uh okay let's say they'll have a new situation domestically in terms of right the new diet and they'd have to have a new cabinet because right. the, everything's been redone and we have the situation of the united states Presidential elections, which so far have been anti-TPP.
0: Yes, TPP does not quite ring very well without the United States. I mean, they're the, probably the they are probably the biggest participant.
1: They are the biggest participant. There's no other economy bigger, but that they are also the biggest participant in terms of manipulating what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And with the United States now currently in an absolutely disastrously uh, bizarre presidential race where such deals don't seem to have any hope whatsoever of being passed, that Japan does not have a strong front Mm -hmm. to be able to say, look we've passed it, let's get going with this, means that the entire deal might be out of the window.
0: We have not talked about a double election, we haven't talked about the consumption tax issue, we haven't talked about the um, release of the GPIF numbers that will come out after the election. I mean, there is a
1: scenario here where the prime minister could look really bad after this election. Well, the thing is, they're go- they're pushing all out in order to change the narrative. They've when this this eruption came up about childcare mm-hmm. and its availability, they immediately they jumped on it. They jumped on it, right? In terms of they look they're looking at a slowdown in the economy, they've jumped on it by pushing the. Fiscal. Let's spend 80% of our annual budget in the first six months. In terms of the, in terms of public works Great idea. Front-loading 80% of the of the, uh, the this. They have talked about giving vouchers or some kind of special coupons to poor young people to mimic their mm-hmm. program for the elderly poor. This is just they're going all out in any way to win this election and great, that's fine. You win, you, you, you get six years of that half of the House of Counselors, but then you're going to still have to govern. Mm-hmm. And when you've absolutely promised everybody everything, sure, you can stiff them all afterward because, hey, there's no election, Right. but GARN is going to be hard to be credible
0: internationally. Thank you very much, Michael. These issues are tightly interwoven. We love to watch it. We love to report to you on it. Please continue to watch. Hit that subscribe button. See you next week.